Also, I keep hearing you say the word risks. <laughs> it's such a fun word. Risks. <laughs> say it. Risks. <laughs> Don't you love risks. that? Risks. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the English with Grace podcast. This is a centralized hub for students, teachers, and English language learners to practice their English and listen to the differing opinions of other English speakers. The content and focus of this podcast will vary, and my goal is to introduce listeners to a variety of perspectives, backgrounds, and experiences as we discuss topics that are also presented in my English with Grace conversation classes. So I'm very excited to have you here. I hope you enjoy this discussion. And of course, like and subscribe if you like it. And I look forward to seeing you in some of our upcoming conversation classes. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another English with Grace episode. Today, I have invited a very special guest on the show, Isaiah Folks. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? I think you just did. And who are you? <laughs> <laughs> My name's Isaiah Folks. Um, I'm a Whale watcher out of Monterey, California, and I also happen to be your boyfriend. Oh, wow. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to talk about risk first, and I would like to know if you enjoy taking risks. Um, certainly. Yeah. Um, adds a little bit of flavor to life, and uh, you know, generally in the activities I do, you kind of have to take risks to do them at all. Mm -hmm. surfing and rock climbing those most notably yeah nice uh can you explain what a risk taker is in your own words a risk taker is a person uh -huh. like someone who is more apt towards putting it out all on the line than anybody else good so uh when he says apt i would say more likely to yeah maybe for my english language learners out there okay so you said surfing and rock climbing are your number ones okay these days I don't ever worry about him. <laughs> okay, what... I'm a little scared to ask this question. Is the most dangerous thing you've ever done? <laughs> I saw that question on the slides and uh, <laughs> I had to kind of start scanning the memory banks. <laughs> right. um, um, it's going to be either skateboarding related or rock climbing related. I, I'd have to say rock climbing related. Um... A few years ago, I tried free soloing a certain cliff in Yosemite, and I've free soloed various cliffs in Yosemite before, but this time, um, it, was, it was a 500-foot-tall cliff, a really easy climb called the Grack, mm -hmm. um, rated 5.6 for the rock climbing audience, but okay. pretty easy. Before you go into the, the Grack? The Grack. Grack? Okay. The Grack. So, for not just English language learners, but people who don't rock climb, what does free solo mean? Yeah, okay, so free soloing is climbing a route unroped and without a partner. And that's the idea, is you're on your own, you fall, you die, right? So this route that I was climbing in Yosemite, it's called the Grack. It climbs a crack, anyways. Um, it's like 500 feet tall. It's pretty easy. The crack is a really good shape. And so I wore the wrong kind of shoes because the... I have what's called approach shoes, mm -hmm. which are a kind of a blend between hiking shoes and, and climbing shoes. Normally, people who climb routes like this, even with a rope, they use regular tight climbing shoes. I was wearing my nice, comfy approach shoes because I said, ah, the climbing's so easy. I don't need those technical little tight ballerina shoes. So I climbed this crack, 
and about 450 feet off the ground, the last 50 feet, um, the crack kind of pinches into nothingness. And then next thing you know, it's a blank wall. Um, and it's about 50 feet of blank rock separating me from the top. And what you rely on are these very, to climb it, you rely on these very kind of subtle dishes in the cliff where you kind of curl your fingers over them. It's not a hold. It's just kind of like you're trusting the friction of your hand and your shoes rubber on basically nothing. And if any one foot pops, you fall a hundred or uh, in my case, 500 feet and die. Um, and, uh, it was pretty ominous. Um, I, obviously I did it. I'm still alive, but, uh, that was probably the most dangerous. That was the closest I've ever come to getting myself killed. Probably. Excuse me, everyone, while I go throw up really quickly. No. <laughs> uh, ominous. Can you explain what that means? Uh, dark, foreboding, um, giving you a sense that something bad is coming. Something yeah. bad's about to happen. That's mm-hmm. ominous. Uh, when did you take this risk? About four years ago. Okay. Just so everyone knows, he didn't know me at the time. <laughs> uh, would you do that risk ever again? Absolutely not. Oh, there we go. And why not? <laughs> Uh, because the, even, even, I remember distinctly, even while I was up there, I said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've free soloed big 500 foot cliffs before and I might still do them again, but in those circumstances, it was just really, really bad news. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad that you're here and Okay. Uh, this leads into the next question, though. Why do you think some people are addicted to extreme sports? Would you define climbing as an extreme sport? I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. And what? where does the addiction come from? For you and then maybe well, you, your friends you've talked to. Climbing specifically, it's not just about the adrenaline. Like, yes, for sure, there are adrenaline junkies. And you can read all about monoamine oxidase inhibitors and how these people suffer from lack of dopamine and they need to, to feel happy. Climbing specifically, it's more than just adrenaline. In fact, it's really not about the adrenaline at all. It's about the adventure, the the feeling of uh, heroism. You know, you, you go from your daily life, working in an office, you know, nine to five, in traffic, grind, just like everybody else. And then you go to be these like fantastic heroes in the mountains, conquering these insane cliffs thousands of feet off the ground and you and your partner just facing adversity putting it all on the line um and it's just it's, it's just so rewarding mm-hmm. yeah uh apart from rock climbing have you taken any other risks you mentioned surfing and skateboarding and skateboarding um do you yeah. want to talk about swimming with sharks uh those were happy sharks Happy sharks, everyone. Happy sharks. Well, I mean, Can you I, please I, tell the crowd, what is a happy shark? <laughs> so there, there's a species of shark called a whale shark, for those of you who don't know. Whale sharks grow to be about 50 feet long. And so 50 feet, what is that, like 13, 15 meters? Thank you. About uh, 17 meters. Very 17 helpful. meters. Um, they're huge. Um, <clears throat> however, they, they eat plankton. They don't have teeth, and they... The only danger a whale shark poses to you is running you over, which I, I did risk that. <laughs> um, we swam with uh, a, a big giant school of them for five days in the water, six hours a day, oh. swimming underneath and around and dodging whale sharks and manta rays. But that was pretty incredible. Yeah. 
And then it's not risky. Could you have died from getting run over by one? Uh, I mean, you can die stepping off a curb. Oh, here you know, we like, go. Yeah, you, you, you could, could die every day. You could die every day, <laughs> but only once. <laughs> Ooh, this leads into calculated risks. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain what a calculated risk is, and if you take um, take a calculated risk? That's that's all rock climbing is is calculated risk. Not free solo though. No, free solo is for sure a calculated risk. How is it? Okay, first explain what a calculated risk is, well, and then please debate this with me. So a calculated risk is you're risking something, either finances or your life or maybe friendship with somebody else. You're risking something, but it's this your action of taking this risk is based on, you know, education. You 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 thought about it. You said, you know what. Because there's definitely t- risk taking where you just you just go you just blindly just take risks because you're a risk taker. We will get to mental health later, right? <laughs> but a calculated risk is one that you basically thought about, and yeah, you're in danger of something, but you are confident. You're confident that as long as it goes according to plan, nothing bad's going to happen, and that's what free soloing is. Mm-hmm. It's a calculated risk. You say, you know what? I climbed this before, or I know this is well within my abilities. As long as nothing stupid happens, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to die. So I'm going to do it. And that's calculated risk. I still think free soloing is a risk and not calculated risk. Because if a calculated is like people often talk about putting money into the stock market. Or something where you... It's like a responsible risk almost. Would you not agree with that? What? The stock market? No, no, no. <laughs> No, I mean, would you not agree that a calculated risk is more something that it's it's almost less risky? In a well, way. I think you're you're looking at it from the perspective of what's on the line. Mm-hmm. If your life's not on the line, it's a calculated risk. If your life's on the line, it's just a risk. That's mm-hmm. the way you seem to be seeing it. Mm-hmm. I'll have to think about that. This is called this is called I don't want to die bias. <laughs> I don't want to die what? I don't want to die bias. Oh, yes, exactly. Okay, um, some other questions that I ask in my class are, do you think life is riskier today than it was 40 or 50 Absolutely or 60 not. years ago? Absolutely not. Why not? Well, so we're so sheltered these days. I mean, back, back when I was a kid, in like the 90s, our parents let us just roam around the neighborhood free. Mm. All the time. Even when we were toddlers. When I was living in Hawaii, and I was a toddler, our parents would let the little gang of toddlers roam around the neighborhood, and they'd just peek out their windows and say, oh, they're heading towards Steve's house, towards Joe's house, and they'd call each other and say, hey, the, the kids are heading your way. You know, we um, in El Portel, here's a bicycle. Get back by dark. Six years old. Mm-hmm. Be back by dark. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, a true millennial. He's dating himself. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, people, you know, helmet laws become more prevalent. Pad laws, you know, you have skate parks, a lot of skate parks, you, know, you have to wear your helmets, you have to wear your pads. Um, you know, now you have to put your seatbelt on in your car because that's a law as of like, what, 1998 or 2001, right? So oh, little by little. That's when seatbelts became I think in the 90s. Required? About the 90s, maybe the 2000s. Seatbelt law. California. Oh, okay. Yeah, good point. Uh, 35 years ago, 1986. 86, okay. 86. Okay, okay. not too far off. So wait, repeat. 
you said that it is riskier today. No, 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 no. Like, 40 years ago, it was riskier. 40, 50 years ago, things were riskier. Also, mm-hmm. too, like, and I, I hate to constantly draw back towards rock climbing, but that's kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys back in the 50s and the 60s, they were doing some really insane stuff with a lot worse technology than we have now. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we've got these special devices that will, you know, plug up cracks. We can clip our ropes to them. And it makes it super easy and safe. Mm-hmm. And the shapes are better, right? There's different, you know, cracks do different things. They zig, they zag, they bottom out, they have all kinds of shapes. And we have new devices that can adhere to that. Back in the days, these guys had like pitons mm-hmm. where they'd have to hang on one arm, hammer in a piton with another one that would take them like three or four minutes just wailing with mm-hmm. this like three pound hammer, bam, 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 while clinging on one arm. Like, these guys were just nuts, and they'd run it out, because the thing well, with... Well, wait, what does run it out mean? Okay, so um, so when you're climbing on lead, you're kind of in charge. I'm going to place protection every so... This, this goes back to calculated risk. This is all climbing is, is calculated risk. When you're climbing a pitch, let's say you're 2,000 feet off the ground. You got a, um, your buddies on this ledge, and you're climbing up off this ledge every five feet. You say, okay, I'm going to place a piton in the crack, and if I fall, that piton will catch me. The thing is, you only have so many pitons, and each one takes about two or three minutes to place and is not easy. you got to hammer them in. So what do you do? Maybe you're going to push it a little bit longer, a little bit farther, climb a little bit higher until your next placement. Now, running it out means you climb a long distance without placing protection because for every foot that you're above protection you're going to fall to that far and that far again past it so if i'm 50 feet above my last anchor point you're going to fall 100 on 100 feet usually more because the rope stretch and slack so that's running it out that's your calculated risk right there based off what you have i've only got so much gear that can catch falls i can only place gear so many times mm-hmm. and it's hard to do it. So it's all this beautiful chess game of calculated risk while being 2,000 feet off the ground. Wow. And did you – was this a calculated risk last year Were you when you um, were climbing with Rachel? Oh, when I wrapped off the end of my rope and should have died? Sure. That, um, that wasn't really – Obviously, what I was doing was risky, but that was more negligence. And what is negligence? Uh, negligence is taking a risk, sometimes without even knowing it, just because you're being stupid. Mm-hmm. You are. Um, there's a risk. Chances of death very high, and you still took that risk. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Last part of the interview, uh, a lot of my students love to hear idioms. Do you have any idioms or expressions related to the topic risks? <laughs> um, I think I already said it, actually. Oh, no. Uh, but put it, put it all on the line or lay it on the line. Okay, to put it all on the line. Or to lay it all on the or line. to lay it all on the line. Okay, to lay it all on the line. What does that mean? Uh, to put... All chips, like it's like a game of poker. You're putting all your game, all your chips in. You know, you're you're uh, risking everything mm-hmm. for the sake of success. Risking everything, whether it be all of your money, uh, your life, 
um, you're putting it all on the line to um, to win something. Okay. And would you say climbing, you're putting it all on the line? Mm, usually no. Yeah. Usually Only no. when you free solo. Pretty much. Or do other stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're going to stop there for risks. Now I can't say that word without thinking of... Uh, but I hope that this was a insightful conversation for all of you. Um, Isaiah will be back to discuss mental health, which also ties into this risk taking. So follow and subscribe if you like this episode and look for part two, mental health coming soon. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the English with Grace podcast. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. If you did like this episode, please go ahead and like and subscribe and keep an eye out for more episodes coming soon.